Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to Get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 119 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jump, we're watching Naruto Shippuden, episodes 1 through 6, where Naruto's back, baby. Powerful ninja can be beaten by threatening spoilers, and Daedara thinks art is a blast. Yeah, art is a blast, but what you should never do with art is set it on fire. Look, if you want a packet full of explosives, that's fine, but don't set it on fire. If you're going to have it explode, just have it explode and have no fire come out of it. That's what Diodara does. He just makes things explode and push things out, which I guess are chakra. But don't set it on fire. Let's jump in. So you're suggesting that all the fiery explosions from this episode involved no fire. <laughs> no fire. There was no fire in any of the makings of any of those explosions. Sure. <clears throat> I'm coming from a very reliable source. Yeah, uh, which makes sense in a world where people can breathe fire at will, so you're probably right. Yeah, look, I'm... <laughs> I also said threatening spoilers, like the spoilers were threatening, when I meant to say threatening spoilers, like I am threatening to spoil something for you, so we're doing great. Oh, yeah, for real. Um. Anyways, uh, so hey, everybody, uh, we are... Um, in episode 119 of this show, uh, we've been doing it for a long time. This is actually um, the 144th uh, episode if you include specials. Yeah. Um, I, Blake and I have not heard the new opening yet. Um, but I have been told that it's coming down the pipeline, which is super, super exciting. So you will have heard it after now when we're recording, which is very exciting. Um, also Rashad thing, did such uh, a good job with the first one that, if there's an updated version, it's got to be a full-on banger. So anyways, uh, we are <laughs> starting up uh, this uh, this new season, I guess, of the show, 119 episodes in. Mostly just because we want to uh, demarcate it somehow because we're going to be putting new things onto the show. Um, there's going to be a new outro. There's a new intro that you have already heard with the music. Um, there's also going to be a new logo that's going to be up soon, which is super exciting. I don't know if it's going to be up by the time we put this out. Um, but we're working with a fantastic artist and we will definitely throw some plug love out after, um, we get that put up. Oh God, don't make this. You did this. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Um, the other thing that is going to be going up very, very soon is our, um, uh, Soul Eater going away voting. Um, so we are going to be voting on like the next show a, that we are going to be covering. It sounds like we're throwing a going away party for Soul Eater and we're like, what's the theme? <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the theme? Is it anime? <laughs> Don't make it too on the nose. Uh, Soul Eater. We hardly knew you, but also loved you so fucking much. Yeah, I do. I do love it the best. Um, anyways, uh, uh, on the short list that we are going to be putting up there, um, Blake is putting out some suggestions that are all on Netflix. Um, so in we're all in, on um, a streaming service that hasn't paid us for advertisement. Yeah, that's true. Um, Fuck that. Whatever. 
<laughs> okay, so I'm going to throw it out there that uh, I'm going to rank them in order of the ones that I want to watch to least want to watch. Oh, uh, this way people and can my vote order... for or against you specifically. <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to put I'm going to put it at the top of the list is Avatar: The Last Airbender. No surprise. Um, second would be Kill a Kill. Um, third would be a regular at Magic High School. And then the fourth, um, Blake wrote in one of the Fate series. And here's the thing, y'all. <laughs> if we have to watch one of the Fate series, Fate Stay Night is the only one that I'm willing to watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I checked really quickly on Netflix before this, or on an unnamed streaming service before this, and uh, <laughs> I saw a something Fate Stay Night, but it looked like it was a movie. Uh, I did yeah. not, on my quick, not very deep glance, I saw like... A, like at least six different fate something or others. Um, I know fate apocrypha was one of the new Netflix originals that you watched and had feelings about. So that's yes possible. We'll figure it out. Uh, we've got a couple of them listed. Basically I'm trying to keep a running list of these things. And I know Spencer has a list somewhere and we're figuring it out. We're professionals. Professional is, um, Strange how I, I will, I will, <laughs> I know. Um, I will. I will say that. Like, here's the thing about the Fate Stay series, and and I know that other people are going to have strong opinions about this because we have lots of people that listen that have said how much they love Fate series. Um, but my, in my in my opinion, the the battles in the Fate Stay series get more extra, but not better. If that makes any sense, there is a fight scene at the end of one of them where one of the characters is just throwing as many weapons as possible at the other character. And that's their ability. And the other character is just like flipping around and knocking them out of the air. So and it ten ten is in cool. this? Uh, it, well, not really, but sort of. Um, Everybody hates ten the thing. <laughs> The thing that they, the thing that bugged me the most about it though is that it's on like everyone's list of like coolest anime fights and I'm just like it just doesn't even crack the list of like the best fights I've ever seen in anime. Also, it doesn't crack the best fights that are in the Fate series because okay, I will take anybody to the mat on this. Uh best fight in the Fate series is from Fate Stay Night and it is uh, the first fight that you see where the main character shows off his time powers, and I'm not gonna mess with anything else because Blake hasn't seen it yet. I but seen it is any fate, anything. the best fight. It is so good. Um, the the one that I wish that we could watch so so badly is Darker Than Black. Yes. I want to watch Darker Than Black the first season, and I should say that the first season is the only real season of darker than black to watch you can watch the second season the second season takes a hard left turn from what you loved about the first season and it's just like come on man (laughs) (laughs) the first season is great though yeah so good i mean i know i've seen the whole first season man we're really on topic here i know i've seen the whole first season of darker than black at least once all the way through and several of the episodes more than once and they are so good such a good cool concept i really enjoyed it that's definitely on the list somewhere but it is not on unnamed streaming service so uh (laughs) it was not in the running this time (laughs) 
Damn. Anyways, um, so uh, with that all being said, I don't think that we have any other uh, any other news other than getting into this uh, this huge change of pace. And uh, for some reason, we haven't watched any of these episodes that are at the end of Naruto. But uh, screw it, let's go into Shippuden. <laughs> so, uh, uh, man, you teed me up in a really tempting way there. Okay, uh, so Naruto. <laughs> Naruto is a series about a kid named Naruto who is a ninja in training. These are, of course, anime ninjas, so they wear bright colors and they do crazy things like breathe fire or use electricity attacks from their hands. They are pretty cool, and Naruto is our main protagonist. Once upon a time, he was a super loudmouth troublemaker orphan kid who uh, was that whole thing where he would like cause problems because he wanted attention because uh, he was kind of disliked and also literally shunned as like a political status uh, in his village. And nobody would tell him that that was the case or why. And that was kind of fucked up. But we've moved on way past that since then. Uh, We have watched over 130 episodes of Naruto. Uh, There are many more than that in the series, the anime series Naruto. Uh, But a lot of them are filler, particularly like the last two years or so worth of anime. Like you can just stop and you're done. And none of the stories after that matter at all. Yeah. Yeah, they're bad. They're like, they're so bad. And and as somebody who will watch bad anime and just kind of force his way through it if he loves the show. um, I'm looking at you, Bounto Arc of Bleach. Yeah, definitely. Prime example. Yeah. But it's one of it's one of those things where it's just like it gets to a point where I'm just like it. They don't even look like they're trying. Yeah, the filler um, arcs are always a trap. It doesn't matter how interesting the concept is; nothing will come of it, and it will feel that way. Yeah. Anyways, so, tell us what else happened. <laughs> we have moved past filler verse, and what actually happens in the for real series is that Naruto goes away. For two and a half years at the end of Naruto, at the proper end of Naruto. Also in the manga, of course, there is no filler because that's literally, I mean, you can't, I don't know that you could have manga filler. I don't think that's a thing that's possible. Feel free to debate us online. But uh, Naruto uh, in the manga, it just does a time skip. It also does not change the name, but Naruto the anime added on the word Shippuden to differentiate the fact that this series covers the time skip. Um, Naruto Shippuden picks up with Naruto returning to the village after his two and a half year hiatus. Uh, during that time, he went off to train with a older ninja named Jiraiya. Jiraiya is one of a group called the legendary Sanin. That's three very powerful ninja. Um, Jiraiya has become Naruto's mentor. Another of the Sanin is a woman named Tsunade. She has become the ninja president of the village that Naruto is from. She has also taken his uh, previous and maybe future teammate Sakura as a uh, an apprentice. The third member of the original squad that Naruto and Sakura were on is a guy named Sasuke. He is super important, and he will not technically appear in the story for a while yet, although the first episode will spend a lot of time dealing with him. <laughs> Uh, Sasuke was always the strong, silent type to whom everything came easily and who everybody liked. Naruto was always the loud, brash type to whom things came very difficult and uh, nobody liked. And so they conf- clashed over this. But throughout the course of the series, Naruto Naruto grew 
and became much more proficient. He started to catch up to Sasuke, and Sasuke eventually decided to go seek more power with one of the villains of the series, who also happens to be the third member of the Sanin, a guy named Orochimaru. Um, so Sasuke left at the end of Naruto. That's actually what the last bit of Naruto is about, which you would know if you've seen it or listened to our most recent Naruto episode. And uh, Naruto went to train so that he could get ready to bring Sasuke back because he made a promise to Sakura that he would do that. And he failed and he will not rest until that has been accomplished. And that is what Shippuden is basically all about. Um, so they're getting back. Uh, there are a couple of other characters left in the Leaf Village that are from the original series that we'll talk about in passing. And uh, there were also some characters that were villains in the original Naruto series, but they were kind of uh, not really villainous at the end for the most part. Uh, namely, there's a character named Gara. He was villainous because, uh, like Naruto, he has a giant demonic beast locked away inside of his body. For Naruto, it's a big nine-tailed fox. For Gara, it is a one-tailed... Isn't it like a... It's it's called Shukaku. It's some sort of specific animal. Or maybe it's a, it's a mythological being. Anyway, it's a giant monster made out of sand, kind of. Uh, Gara uses cool-ass sand powers. He was uh, the main attack force on an assault on Naruto's hometown. But uh, Naruto repelled him with his own super giant monster. And um, then Gara was kind of uh, surprised and um, influenced by Naruto's optimistic, you make your own destiny type of attitude and decided to change his ways. We will see how he has changed his ways here. Finally, there is a big bad villain association called the Akatsuki. At this point in the series, we don't know too, too much about them. We know that they have a specific look, which is that they wear these big black robes with red clouds on them. Uh, we have met two members of the Akatsuki before the series starts, technically, officially. One of them kind of showed up in the anime only at the end of Naruto, but very briefly and wasn't named. Uh, so the two that we've met are Sasuke's older brother, Itachi, who Sasuke has a big chip on his shoulder about and is kind of the entire motivation for Sasuke getting stronger, and that's because Itachi killed all of their family. Itachi and Sasuke are the only Uchiha's left alive, and Sasuke is really upset about that, obviously, so he wants to kill Itachi to get back at him for that. That's why he went off with the villains to get stronger. Itachi is a part of this other villainous organization, the Akatsuki. He's partnered up with this shark dude named Kisame, who has a cool-ass shark-skin sword, and uh, they are working for the Akatsuki's somewhat nebulous goal. We don't quite know what it is, but we do know that it involves somehow the uh, beasts that have been locked away inside of people's bodies. Uh, right now, uh, those people that we know of are Naruto and Gara, although there may or may not be more of them out in the world. And we don't know exactly what the Akatsuki wants, and we haven't really seen any of the other members other than kind of silhouetted yet. Uh, but, you know, maybe we'll meet some more today. And uh, I think that brings us to Naruto Shippuden episode number one. Cool. Uh, two things before you get the uh, first episode. Uh, first of all, um, uh, the one-tailed beast is a raccoon. Uh, that's what a Shikaku is. Oh, no, it's a Tanuki, um, which is a raccoon yeah. mythical beast. It's what Nar- uh, Mario turns into in Mario World 3. Sure. Um, and uh, the second thing that we have to talk about is uh, Naruto Shippuden started, I believe, one of the trends inside of anime that I had never really seen before Shippuden started doing it, which is a opening song, which is uh, both 
great and also like why is this rap happening and also do i like this so anyways um this song is called heroes come back uh by nobody knows it's also Um, probably a grammatical error it's h-e-r-o apostrophe s which would be possessive heroes instead of multiple heroes so i don't know (laughs) Yeah. So um I it it obviously is about their their comebacks what they are saying to people when people diss them. Right. Um that's what Naruto's really There's a lot of talk about rubber and glue and it doesn't stick to me it sticks to you. Um mm-hmm. that's that's all of what it's about. Um The best way to win a ninja to battle when they is turn to into a do the rubber glue trick. No, it's the best way to the best way to win a ninja battle is to not run out of chakra turning into um, sticks faster than your opponent is using the ability as well. I learned this by playing a lot of the Naruto video game, um, and I would use the substitute jutsu too much, and then I would get hit by some crazy attack Blake would usually use on me. Um, All I'm saying is that some of the characters in that game were some BS, um, but whatever. Just, uh, you know, get on my level. Whatever. Try to beat my (laughs) mic guy. Uh, so the first episode of Naruto Shippuden is going to actually spend about half of its runtime in episode 51 of Naruto Shippuden. <laughs> so yeah, the, uh, the episode, so op- here we go. Yeah. It opens up in, uh, an unnamed location that sure looks a lot like where Orochimaru was hanging out the last time we saw him back in Naruto, which of course is where Sasuke went. Uh, Naruto and Sakura are running around, although, you know, we're using kind of like camera angles that just show little parts of them. So you can kind of tell if you're a fan, but it, it retains an air of mystery. We will also see two other people who we don't currently know, although Spencer and I both know who they are. <laughs> and yeah. uh, they will eventually become teammates for Naruto and Sa- Sakura. But right now they're mysterious. And uh, yeah. all these people are running around Orochimaru's hideout, wondering where Sasuke is. And then they find him in a big hole that he explodes. And then he decides to uh, taunt Naruto, maybe stab him, although we don't see it. And Naruto, seemingly having been stabbed, has the uh, big fox demon living inside of him tell him that he's going to help him out. And then Sasuke appears in their sort of like mental inside of Naruto's head chamber. And uh, the fox is like, oh, you remind me of this guy named Madara Uchiha. And Sasuke says, I don't know who that is. And then pops the fox because the fox is kind of made out of these cool bubbles. And number one, this goes on for like 10 minutes. It's from episode 51. It's an interesting way to start, but it's way too long. Number two, how the fuck does Sasuke not know who Madara is? Everybody should know. (laughs) This is a very important historical figure. Now, we as the audience don't know because he's never been mentioned before as long as far as I can remember, but he is hugely important to the history of the Leaf Village. Isn't he one of its two founding members? And the other one was the ninja president. Like this guy, everybody should know this person's name. Look, I'm just going to throw it out there that Sasuke might just be being an asshole here. Um, I think Sasuke. I have a less charitable read, which is the author was (laughs) seeding something and didn't quite know where he was going with it just yet. 
Yeah, whatever. Anyways, uh, by the way, uh, we we didn't mention it at the very start because this is the actual beginning of the first episode. Um, this is going to be episode one of Shippuden called Homecoming, and it actually starts um, after the credits roll, and then we get to watch just just the dumbest sequence. Um, I I appreciate that they want to put humor inside of. Uh, inside of ship it in and they're going to start out with trying to put some humor inside of it more. But I, I swear I, I just, I don't, I don't care about these kids at all. (laughs) Yeah. Well, neither Spencer nor I are here for the humor. And, uh, you know, Naruto, the, the original series was more funny and I'm, I may or may not be putting air quotes around that from my, my subjective opinion about the humor, but uh, it was trying to be kind of a comedic series with action moments that very quickly morphed into a much more traditional sort of straight down the line action series that had some comedic bits. And uh, mm. it has largely left its comedic roots behind. But OK, so slight counterpoint to what you're saying here, Spencer, the beginning of this episode is directly mirroring some of the early stuff from Naruto's uh, origins. Look, I know that it is. And I know that it is. Because of that, I think they're playing in that comedy space a little bit because they're trying to do a callback. And I appreciate them trying that. But yes, you're right. It does not work. <laughs> and also, I, I when, there's a part where they run into a sheet while chasing this cat. By the way, um, if you don't know who we're talking about yet, um, it's Konohamaru and his gang. Of, One of them's uh, named Mo Eggy. We named a whole episode about it. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, um, they are going to be uh, they're going to be running and chasing after this cat that's run away from its owner, who is just the worst owner. And that cat hates it so much. Um, But there's also like a part where they get bested by a sheet that's just hanging up like it falls on them. And one of them says, what's happening? And I was just like. I was like, you ran into a sheet. You're a ninja at this point. You're training to be a warrior in a world of warriors, and this is what throws you off? Yeah. Yeah. uh, You can't get out of a sheet. (laughs) Yeah. Watch out. Watch out. There's a a small breeze that's coming into town tomorrow. (laughs) You better batten down the hatches. It's uh, I would uh, be a little bit more surprised if it weren't for a section later, which actually I didn't take notes about, but there's a section where they're debating what... uh, what missions to send people on and like ninja. So ninjas go out on missions in this world. And those, they kind of like, they're a little bit mercenary and then they get assigned to these missions based on their skill level and all this different stuff. And um, so ninjas in training tend to go on easier missions. And later on in these episodes, some of the characters are going to be debating what level of mission Naruto should go on. Cause he's been away for a while and they're not quite sure what to do with them. And some of the missions they mention are like, like getting somebody's groceries or some shit like ninjas in this world range from like battle hardened warriors and like bodyguards in intense political unrest to like a fucking task rabbit. Look, I'm just throwing it out there that task rabbits sometimes get asked to do crazy shit, man. That's true. I wouldn't be surprised if they're just like, uh, you can either take this gig where you carry this refrigerator up the stairs or end the Great Ninja War. Uh-huh. Um, one of the two. Um, but anyways, one of them's a C rank mission, and the other one's also. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Task rabbit is not endorsing us either. Um, this is this is more talk about. 
I don't know. Can I also interject with a personal story here? (laughs) So we we used TaskRabbit to staff our wedding, (laughs) which sounds a little trashy, but it worked out fine. (laughs) We were like trying to cut the corners for things that we didn't want to splurge on. And one of the things we didn't want to splurge on was having like a big ass staff to to keep watch over the buffet table. So we just had a couple of people to help bus tables and to make sure that food got replaced when it ran out. And uh, it worked out really great. They were really wonderful. They were great workers. We hired two people because it was not a huge job. And uh, one of the people seems to have missed the part in my message where I said it was for a wedding. And he showed up wearing a sports jersey for one of the local Chicago teams. And it was hilarious. (laughs) He was super (laughs) professional the rest of the time. I didn't mention it. He didn't mention it. He did great work. But, like, it was so funny. (laughs) Yeah. Blake's wedding, taking classy to trashy 20 days a week. (laughs) It was a really good wedding, though. And we cut corners. You should cut corners. (laughs) Yeah, I... I, I will throw it out here that the that that task rabbit did not make the biggest gaff of the whole thing. The gaff was made by myself yes. saying the wrong word. So um, good during it, it. It it just don't worry about it, y'all. It's, it was amazing. You you can't you can't say the wrong word inside of a a Shakespeare reading. Um, while on stage in the middle of things. Uh, <laughs> also, the wrong word that you chose was particularly funny. <laughs> uh, also, fair, last thing about the wedding is uh, you kind of saved it by later when you gave your speech. You quoted, uh, what was it, Mike Birbiglia? And <laughs> you made you used a very funny quote for him because Mike Birbiglia is a very funny comedian. And you directly noted that this was from a professional stand-up comedian and named him. And then like everybody came up and congratulated you on a great speech, which it was a very good speech, but they also seemed to be giving you the credit for coming up with the funny thing. That's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. It was a good one. It was like, no, no, it was Mike Birbiglia. No, it was Mike Birbiglia. No, it was Mike Birbiglia. That's please that's just what watch Mike saying. Birbiglia. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was saying like over and over throughout the night as I was drinking more and more from the open bar. And I was just like, eventually I'm going to get so drunk, I'm going to be like, fuck it, I said it. (laughs) Uh, uh, Good times. Uh, So anyways, uh, Naruto's back. Uh, So Naruto and Jiraiya walk up on the village like they own the place. Uh, Naruto is then going to jump all around the top of the town and look at it longingly. Um, then he's just gonna find Sakura and Konohamaru and be and have a little bit of a dumb back and forth. Um, Naruto proves that he hasn't really grown up, and there's a pretty funny moment where Sasuke, uh, uh, Sakura is like, "Oh, great! Um, uh, Naruto's really grown up." And then Naruto is just like, "No, you're doing a sexy jutsu. You need to step up your sexy jutsus." And then she shows off that she has been training as well with Tsunade by punching a giant hole in the ground after punching Naruto so hard that he flies into the ground on the other side. Yeah, this is uh, this is worth dwelling on for a second because uh, in the original series, Sakura's role on the team was girl. Uh, Mm -hmm. she was stated to have been better at Genjutsu than the boys. 
And we did kind of see that one time, although then nothing really came of it after she was not affected by something. Uh, she also had a fight that largely centered around her cutting her own hair to get out of somebody holding it. She did not do a lot, and the things that she did were a little unfortunate in the stereotypes that they played into. This series is going to go a long way to making that better by making her a full-on badass that you do not mess with ever, and I appreciate that. Yeah, um, it's it's really interesting to see her go from, like, not interesting in a sense that you you... You seem to not care about her other than her being a interesting emotional and uh, possible love interest in the first series. Uh, turning her into a uh, a strong, capable woman inside of this series is a fresh a breath of fresh air. Yeah, um, and it really makes you more invested into the the series in not just worrying about Sasuke and Naruto as much. Uh, this series is going to give a lot, a lot more credence to characters that are just side characters in the original series. It turns it into a much more interesting ensemble piece. Um, and we're going to get to see that really soon because the next thing that is going to fight uh, or the next big giant fight that is going to happen doesn't involve any of the main characters we've been introduced to at all. And it is one of my favorite fights. It's a really um, smart and, way to start the series, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways. Uh, they're going to go see Sonate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you want to cover all of the training thing before we get to the big fight? I absolutely do. Okay. Um, so, uh, these next episodes really focus on two giant plot points. So, I'm going to go ahead and give you the episode names now. Um, and then we're going to go straight into the, the training fight. So episode two is called the Akoski makes its move. Episode three is the result of training. Episode four is going to be, uh, the, uh, Jinchuriki, Jinchuriki. Am I saying that wrong? Uh, it's Jinchuriki. Okay. Of the sand. Uh, episode five is the Kazakage stands tall. And then episode six is mission cleared. So, uh, Tsunade is going to tell them that they need to prove where they are so that they can start getting assigned missions again. Um, my question is, uh, Sakura has been here in training the whole time. Why is she having to do this? She's also specifically been training with Tsunade. Yes. So, I mean, wouldn't she know where she is? Whatever. It, it has to give us a whole bunch of flashbacks. So I guess it's, it's going to move it forward. Yeah. It's also to show us the viewers, how Sakura has changed. Yeah. These fight sequences are, are really interesting and there's going to be a lot of backstory that I just don't want to cover. Um, and the biggest reason why is because you've seen it. The biggest reason that it is here is to remind those people that have not seen Naruto in a really long time. Those first episode, those nostalgic moments that they don't remember. We have watched it, like, pretty recently, like, since we started the podcast. So I'm like, I I get why it's here and it's yeah. interesting and all, but could it just not happen in a sequence of order? I will say, in true Naruto fashion, they use flashbacks and dwell on them for too long. The flashbacks don't quite fit the pacing or match the pacing. Um, they're definitely filling a little bit of air that could have been filled with plot progression. 
That said, this is one of the best uses of flashbacks. So without getting into too many details, because I do agree with Spencer that you've seen all this before. The point is Naruto and Sakura are going to have to take the bells away from Kakashi. This was the first task that they were given when they were initially introduced to Kakashi and to each other as teammates. Of course, Sasuke was there back then as well. And the flashbacks will basically cover all of the major events from the original time and then will show us in the uh, now present of the series how these characters have changed by having them uh, basically make the same moves but turn the mistakes into victories. So there's a lot of this character fell into this trap last time, they overcome this trap or make it look like they fell into it again to enact a trap of their own. A lot of that stuff happens. Yeah. So one of the first ones that is going to happen is uh, that Naruto is going to uh, use his shadow clone jutsu on Kashi moving towards him, uh, fly past him, and then turn one of his uh, shadow clones into a gigantic um, uh, throwing star. Um, before he can throw it, though, uh, Kakashi catches up with him and gets him in, like, a hold. And then it turns out that Naruto has actually made another Shadow Clone. It's appeared behind Kakashi, and he has him at the end of a kunai. Um, I will also say that while this is happening, Tsunade and her her friend... She's an just watching from ...are just watching from the bushes. Yeah. This is the ninja <laughs> president... <laughs> And hey. she is watching, apparently secretly. <laughs> I have nothing better to do. <laughs> well, so I think they say or something that they, like, want to see the progress themselves because that's the whole point of all this. But, like, obviously, like, why are they hiding? <laughs> I know. Like, they're, like, behind the bushes. Like, oh, man, let's wait until it gets really good. <laughs> um, one of my favorite one of my favorite things about this is that there is a is, there is a progression that doesn't always happen inside of Naruto where it's just like nobody is cognizant of what time it is. Um, but inside of this fight, it, it's like the end of the day going into night into night and they're they're going back and forth, basically fighting through a night for them to try to get a bell. Um, the fight then gets turned up to like 11 when Kakashi decides that he is going to start just throwing water dragon jutsus and stuff at them. <laughs> yeah. He's so there's a cool part where in the in the past he when they first had this challenge he wouldn't put his book down and there was a cool moment where Sasuke attacked him and made him put his book down and that showed you how advanced Sasuke was compared to the others. Uh in this he immediately puts his book away. Uh also Naruto got him a new book. Kakashi reads erotica uh in front of children. So <laughs> Uh, so that happens and Naruto brought him a new erotica book because Jiraiya, Naruto's super powerful trainer, is also the guy who writes the erotica. Uh, I guess in Japan, it's the men who read Darker or uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, and uh, and Kakashi is one of those. So he's not going to be able to read during all this. And in fact, he might use his Sharingan eye to fight them, which is a lot. That's very powerful. Yeah. Um, One of my favorite parts about this entire fight, too, um, is that even even when you think the fight is just going to be like this great back and forth, they still have time to throw in a 
let's just make a shit ton of shadow clones and kill like five minutes of screen time. Yeah, they do. <laughs> but it works better here because they don't just dwell on it interminably. Like the pacing is yeah. way better. They they one of the great benefits of having about two years worth of filler only at the end of Naruto is that they've gotten ahead a little bit and they don't have to drag things out quite as much as they have been known to do in the past. So they drag things out a little bit. They don't want to lose all of the padding they've given themselves, but uh, they the pacing is much better in these episodes. Yeah. So um, the I, the only thing that I can think the only thing that I can think at the end of this though is it it has a, a lot of good back and forths inside of this fight. There's a lot of things that happen. Uh, there's a lot of like faints. There's going to be a moment where uh, Naruto uses, I'm going to stick my fingers in your butt technique. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is a, a bunch of Sakura being like, I'm just going to destroy everything on the ground techniques. Um, there's also a great moment where uh, Kakashi's running away and uh, he's like, as long as she doesn't hit me, I'll be fine. And then she punches and the tree she punches just explodes and he goes, okay, I have to make sure she doesn't hit me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's nice because you see that they are, this is a largely friendly competition, but they are also all very dangerous and they're kind of appreciating each other in a friendly way, I guess. And it's pretty cool. Um, so... The bad news is that Kakashi is super strong, and despite how much stronger Naruto and Sasuke or Naruto and Sakura have gotten, Kakashi is way stronger than them. And while he's having to try pretty hard, he's still definitely winning. And they're like, "Okay, mm. he's he's just so much stronger than all these other allies we're gonna name." And uh, how do we beat him? What's his weakness? And Naruto deduces what his weakness is. Which is yep. that he really wants to read this damn book. <laughs> and so Naruto is like, I'm going to tell you what happens as he starts to make his attack. Um, Kakashi's like, oh, God, don't tell me. And he like closes his ears and then he goes, oh, God, I can still read his lips. So he closes <laughs> his eyes. And when he does, they get the upper hand and they take the bells. Yeah, this um, also is a joke that works. And then they all sit down and they're like, ha, 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 let's be friends. Yeah. Um, and then they go about their ways and uh, almost nothing a... important happens. Uh, Naruto go. Naruto asks Sakura on a date. Uh, she says no, because he can't pay. But if he had been able to pay, she would have gone with him, according to what she says. Uh, he can't pay because he's been training for two and a half years and doesn't have any money. Later on, we see her eating by herself and wondering if maybe she made the wrong decision. And uh, so there's a little bit of romantic tension because Naruto used to have a really strong crush on her. And so we're going to, you know, stew that pot a little bit. And then uh, Naruto meets up with his old mentor, a guy named Irika, at his old favorite place to eat, which is Ichiraku Ramen. And uh, it's really nostalgic in a nice way, but not really much important happens. Uh, Naruto also does find out that Everybody from his year has passed the uh, tuning exam. So uh, when you start as a ninja in training, you're a genin. That's the lowest level. Tuning's the next one up. So everybody has passed the exam except Naruto. And some people have even gone on to jonin, which is the next level. That's what Kakashi is. That's a big deal. Uh, so Naruto's yeah. feeling a little inadequate. And Irika reminds him that he got to train with one of the legendary Sanin, which probably makes up for that difference. Yeah. Anyways, let's go into uh, the truly, truly badass parts of these first episodes. 
And that is our plotline we're covering next, which is the battle at the village hidden in the sands. I love this fight yeah, and this it's great. whole sequence. So we're going to open on uh, a couple of a couple of people walking through the desert. One of them is uh, up a a young upstart named Diodara. Um, the other one, Diodara. Uh, I I always say Diodara. Well, um, you know, you do you, Diodara. Um, anyways, and the other one is a uh, from what we can tell, a hunchback monster creature named Sasori. Yeah, he's um, actually definitely not, and this is going to come to basically nothing, but uh, it's cool. Anyways, <laughs> he is he is one of my one of one of my favorite fights that is going to happen in all of Shippuden involves him. Um, one of my least favorite fights is gonna uh, revolve around uh, Daedara, um, or Daedara. God, really? I want to say his name wrong. Um, I, I, we can't talk about it. It's too spoilery. Whatever. Um, anyways, I love this fight though, and let's get into it. So, Gara has become the ninja president of the hidden village, uh, village hidden in the sand. Oh yeah, that definitely um, he helped is... Naruto feel inadequate earlier, but also it was Naruto's yeah. fault, basically, <laughs> that he became ninja president. Yeah. Um, so, uh, he's going to be sitting around his round table and they're talking about how uh, bad people are coming, so they got to watch out for them. So they get all of their ninja ready on the outside of the village. Um, and then while walking back from this round table, one of the generals that has been working with Gara as one of his right hand men, um, named Yura, um, or is it, is it Yura, Yura? I can't, I, anyways, um, Close enough. he is going to be revealed that he has a jutsu that was placed on him that makes him completely forget all of the training that he has had before. So yeah, that he, he kind of has a ninja stroke a, a little bit. Yeah, but it turns out the jutsu that was used on him is not mind-controlling him. The jutsu that is used on him is to prevent anybody from being able to tell that he is lying by taking away the memories he has from his secret training. So he has been an undercover operative for a long time inside of the village. It's my understanding that he is like a sleeper agent, like a Manchurian candidate kind of thing where like... He's such a sleeper agent that he doesn't know he's an agent. Yeah. So uh, Sasori has used this ability on him and releases the seal on his brain. After he does, it, uh, he remembers all the things that he needs to do. Um, he then kills all of the guards that are watching out on uh, this side of the entrance of the village hidden in the sand um, where Sasori and Deidara are coming in. Um, then Deidara is going to be like, I'm going to go fight against, uh, the, uh, the Jinkairichi. Jinchuriki. Is, uh, gar- Jinchuriki, whatever. Which we um, haven't really heard that term before in Naruto. Uh, Jinchuriki is a term that will become very common in Naruto Shippuden, and it is the name for somebody who has one of the tailed beast demons locked away inside of them. So that would be Gara and Naruto and probably some other people. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the only person out of all of these people that sees a random giant flying bird. Oh, by the way, um, things we're going to learn about Datara already. <laughs> Number one, he has a horrible mouth in the middle of one of his hands. 
Um, on both turns hands. out to be both of his hands. Yeah. Uh, but we don't see it to begin with. And he's going to stick it into a bag full of something and it's going to start eating something. Um, I didn't know what it was when I first saw it. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's cool. It, it's uh, it's one of those things that you don't see nearly enough in Western media. And it's one of those things that makes anime fun and interesting, which is just that like extra twist of creativity to be comfortable doing something a little bit further out there or a little bit more uncomfortable. And so this is very much, it's kind of like the dude with the eyes in his hands from Pan's Labyrinth a little bit. Uh, you just don't see a lot of like body horror kind of stuff like that. And Sasori is a good example of doing that, but making it kind of cool, but also still creepy. Yeah, it's definitely creepy. Um, anyways, uh, so he is going to use his ability. Uh, it turns out that what he is doing is he is infusing chakra into the clay that is being ingested into his hand and then ex uh and then putting it back out of that hand inside of the form of some uh some animal um it's most of the time an animal he makes pretty adorable this- clay monsters that are actually semi sentient bombs yes also um, he's a real so son of a bitch this- in the naruto fighting games he is awful um so uh he is going to turn this one little creation, which is a gigantic bird, um, into a giant version of itself and fly over the city so that he can gain access uh, to Gara. Um, he notices the three people that are watching the skies. And I was just like, if you're on high alert, you only have three people watching the skies, number one. Number two, none of them notice this guy just flying around in the sky. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, Gara throw- makes a comment about why he noticed him. And the comment is like, there aren't birds like this around. So we can kind of like, you know, reverse engineer that like the people watching the skies probably saw the bird and were like, it's a bird who gives a shit, which is a little <laughs> bit not... <laughs> You know, maybe in in Super Ninja World, where like sentient animals partner up with ninjas to help murder people, like maybe care more. But uh, yeah. you know, we could we could write them off as thinking that giant clay birds like that fly around the desert all the time. Yeah, um, my favorite part of this is that he's gonna throw down some spider bombs, and they're gonna crawl up on these ninjas, and none of these ninjas are like, "Oh God, I need to knock this off of me." Yeah. Instead, they're just like, "Ah!" And then it jumps on their faces and explodes like face huggers from the yeah. Alien series. Their reaction time is no good. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, these are your guards of the skies. Whatever. Yeah. Anyways, no wonder your your city's into- getting attacked here, man. Yeah, you're all idiots. Anyways, um, so then Gara is going to have noticed Daedara um, is flying around. He is going to start attacking Daedara with a fantastic flurry of sand attacks. And this is where this fight gets really, really turned up and fantastic. Um, uh, as, as I've done many times before, if you haven't seen this before, you should watch these episodes and go ahead and see these fights. If you've yeah, seen this it in is the past, also, go watch it again. It's this fantastic. is a good example of a well-animated fight that does not have high Sakuga. Like, it looks good. It's clean. It's clear. It's well-directed. But this is not one of those episodes they poured a lot of money into. And so, like... There are corners being cut periodically, and you can tell, but it's done well enough that uh, the fight has a really good flow. And that's actually going to be 
true of a lot of Naruto Shippuden. Uh, they just okay. keep being successful and getting more money. I mean, this is the heyday of Naruto. And like, yeah, you can tell each season the production values go up. Yeah, I will also point out this. Um, when Naruto started, um, there was a animation style that cost way more money than the animation style that they got to by Shippuden. And that is because advances in technology when they were making the anime. So, for cheaper, you could make better anime. Number one. Number two, Naruto from Naruto Ship from Naruto to Naruto Shippuden was a massive influx of money. And the biggest reason why is because Naruto had hit the shelves and the TV screens in America and also blown up there. So that there was there were two massive media markets that were just gobbling Naruto all the time. There was a point in my life where you could not go into a mall and not see if you walked past like a Hot Topic or a Spencer's Gifts, there wasn't just like a, a ton of headbands for Village Hidden in the Leaf oh, just yeah. hanging out inside of there. I definitely bought um, a headband in high school and I probably have it laying around somewhere in my parents' house. Yeah, so there's there was a big sweep of Naruto heyday mania. This was also the heyday of the big three, um, where um, Bleach and Naruto and One Piece were all just banging on all cylinders. Also um, interesting, One Piece is still going, Naruto has a sequel series, and Bleach is coming back for its 20th anniversary, so still the big three, question mark? Yeah, I I don't think that it would be the big three anymore. Definitely not. Um, but... <laughs> I, do, I I I think I think uh, this is this is uh, for a Twitter argument later. Um, but I'm gonna throw it out there that the big three that I think are the most the most talked about series right now. Number one by just a complete mile is My Hero Academia right now. Um just because I, I think that that is the most popular anime that has happened probably since Naruto or Dragon Ball Z. Um, it is, it is, that is just debatable. so massive. Man, it is huge. Um, the next one I would say would be Attack on Titan. Um, when we are recording this episode, the new trailer for Attack on Titan just came out, and there is fervor. Um, <laughs> there, <laughs> Good Twitter, word. Twitter... Twitter exploded when people were talking about this earlier today. Um, and then the last one, which just I don't think has ever lost its loyal fan base because they've never just ever stopped, is still uh, One Piece. Because One Piece just had a a solid, great fight that happened very recently um, between Luffy and this other character who um, I think he's he ate the mochi mochi fruit so they could turn his body into mochi. Um it's a very strange fight, but also fantastic. And there's, wow. there's beautiful animation that happened inside of it. Um, what are your big three right now? Uh, I would say uh, I think that Attack on Titan is a big hit, but I think it's kind of fallen out of the zeitgeist. So I'm not sure I would agree with that. Uh, I could see a good point, a good case being made for One Piece. My Hero Academia is definitely on there. Uh, Demon Slayer is the other big one that has been a big uh big hit recently uh and it's also very good look i want to get into demon slayer you guys it's i good. really do you're done every time 
every time I pick up Demon Slayer, I'm just like, ah, I should be doing other things. Um, and then I'm just like, turn on Fire Force. <laughs> <laughs> Fire Force should be a bigger deal. That's not debatable. Oh my god, I love that show so much. Oh, we've digressed a lot. Huh? Anyways, uh, <laughs> the fight the fight between Gara and Daedara has uh, started. It is fantastic. Um, uh, Daedara is using uh, a whole bunch of different bombs that are uh, fly slow bombs and then fly ba- fast bombs trying to knock out Gara. Gara is trying to slap him out of the sky with sand that he's slapping around. Um, and one of the parts that I completely forgot... Um, is that uh, Datara gets completely, completely caught off guard oh, because yeah. he does not respect Gara. He did not expect Gara to be able to stand up in the way that he did, and he gets his left arm straight up cut and ripped off by Gara. Yeah, I also forgot this, and it is also really good storytelling because it's important to establish the Akatsuki as a powerful force. And we have done that in Naruto by having a couple of Jonin fight against Itachi and Kisame when they uh, took a stroll into the village and having them have a really hard time with the Akatsuki. So we know they're dangerous, but we already knew Itachi was dangerous. So I think some of the power of that went into what Itachi represents rather than what the Akatsuki represents. This is their first time to shine since the time skip. And Daedara underestimates Gara, but he also loses his arm and doesn't blink a fucking eye about it. And also, at the end of this fight, we will find out that he took the opportunity of losing his arm to plant a trap that lets him win. Yeah, so um, the the first of the traps is that... Uh, uh, Daedara decides that if he is going to, uh, if he's going to win this fight, he has to make Gara stop paying attention to him completely. And so what he does is makes a giant bomb and starts to drop it on the middle of the city. And this will destroy and explode the entire city if it goes drop off. Drop so Gara- loads. <laughs> so Gara catches it with his sand and starts to move it across the city. The problem with this is that Gara has used his perfect defense sand, the sand that is the strongest that Gara keeps next to him, to uh, rip off Daedara's arm. But when he did this, Daedara injected a whole bunch of his uh, clay dolls into this sand, and then he uses those to uh, to pop out at Gara in the last moment. So Gara gets horribly wounded by these uh, sand bombs or these uh, clay bombs that appear out of the sand on the inside of his protection. And Gara is so hurt, the only thing that he can do with the last of his strength is move the giant bomb away from the city so that he can save the city, but that leaves him completely, completely helpless to be taken by Sasori and Daedara. Yeah, it's a big character moment for Gara also, because the Gara in the past was a super murderous kind of psychopathic monster, who nobody loved, and so in turn he loved nobody and pretty much wanted to kill, kill, kill. Now he has become the ninja president of his own town, and uh, he is doing everything he can to protect the people of that town, uh, even to the detriment of himself. And there's also a side conversation going on between uh, his brother, Conqueror, and another member of the cabinet, essentially, 
where the member of the cabinet is like, this guy has a monster in him. He has been known to go on murderous rampages in the past. If this fight gets out of hand, we might have to put Gara down. And Conqueror is like, no, he's changed. I promise you he won't go on a rampage. He cares more about this village. That is also where we get the flashback that shows us that Gara decided to be ninja president because of his interactions with Naruto, and it changed his outlook on life completely and made him super protagonist instead of antagonist. And uh, Gara then completely demonstrates it in this moment. And it's a it's a really big yeah. character moment that is folded into the storytelling super, super well. Yeah, I I love this moment with Gara. I I think that this is a great way to start this series. Um, it starts it uh, off with a bang. Eh? Oh wow. Eh? Oh, Anyways, man. um. By the way, one of my favorite things about Didara is that he's just like art should be explosive, and I just <laughs> I always hear it in that voice, even when it's in the like uh, American dub. Um, but whatever. Oh, did um, you watch the dub anyways, or the sub? I watched, uh, I watched the sub of it, um, just because I wanted to, I wanted to check out and make sure that I, I loved it as much as I originally loved the original sub. Uh, by the way, the original Naruto sub is good. Um, but I also really like the original Naruto dub actors. Um, I will say that I have not watched a single episode of Naruto Shippuden inside of the dub after watching the first two episodes of the dub originally. And it's because I love the voice cast for, um, for everybody inside of the, this, um, in, inside of Shippuden. Um, mostly my favorite two people that you get inside of the sub that makes it worth always reading the subtitles is the voice actor that does uh, horrible monsters Sasori and the one who does Killer B because I uh, love the guy who does Killer B. Killer B's um, great. Killer B inside of the sub should always be listened to because his raps in the sub are just the best. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I also watched the sub and have never seen the dub at all. Uh, I was going to watch the dub because of our uh, frequently mentioned renaissance with falling back in love with dub voice acting. Uh, but uh, the dub is only about two thirds, two fourths, or uh, it's like it's it's about two thirds or, or two fifths of the way into the series on uh, unnamed streaming service, but not the same one from earlier that I was watching this on. And uh, the sub goes the whole way. So I'm going to do the sub. Yeah. I don't want to switch midstream like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, stick with us and we will talk about what's coming on next time after the credits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English. He's our level 10 sound wizard. Level 10? That's a lot of new levels. Well, he's been out in the waste grinding and killing low level monsters to level up. That checks out. Our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&SGetJumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BlakeAndSpencerGetJumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash GetJumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every week on your favorite podcast platform. And hey, thanks for listening. Oh! <laughs>
Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Yu Yu Hakusho episodes 18 through 21. Hey, look, I know before I tried to sell you on the lava pit of despair, but have I got a new great idea for you? Do you want to go to the top of the castle? I swear there's not two more demon beasts at the top of this castle. It's just going to be great fun time. Yeah, sometimes something might try to throw you off the side of the castle. Yeah, at the bottom of the castle, there's horrible monsters that are going to try to eat you at the moat. But hey, you didn't come here to not have a good time, right? Well, I'm sold. I knew you would be. (laughs) 